Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Please remain standing, 1 Samuel chapter 1, starting with verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look down on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give me a son, I will give him to you all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it came and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. And I've drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Say amen at the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Sometimes prayer is an argument. And I want to teach you how to argue. I want to teach you how this works in in the way that we approach God, His throne, bringing our needs to Him. Now, before I go too far with this, I want to make a couple of observations from the historical reading of this. When you hear this story, there are several things that jump out at me. I do like the way that her husband said something stupid. She's praying for a child. In this particular day, without children, you're nothing. Children were the measure of status. It was the way that you demonstrated your love for your husband. All of the estate was passed down to the son. If you didn't have a son, you didn't have legal covering in the courts to keep the property within the family. And so there was a lot riding on her having a child. And while she's crying, he comes in there to fix it. Well, I'm better than ten sons. Don't you love me? Listen to me. Just because you have blessings in one area does not mean that you don't hurt in another area. That's like somebody bringing you a puppy while you're grieving, thinking that just because the new puppy is there, you're not going to be sad about your loss. 
It's all right to grieve, church. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you started grieving or what your prayer is. Nobody knows but Jesus, and it's all right to be broken inside. And there's going to be a lot of people that come to you in your brokenness, and they're going to say something to you that's inappropriate, something to you that doesn't make sense. But I want to bind that spirit of retaliation in you, and I want to give you the spirit of Hannah, because some things are better left unsaid. Instead of taking your problems to social media and making an argument out of your pain, why don't you stop trying to fix them and just take it to Jesus? Because even if they treat you better in the midst of your pain, it's still not going to bring you the baby. It's not going to heal your cancer. It's not going to do things that are mighty in your body and in your life. Can I get a witness from somebody? The only answer for your life is the manifest power of Almighty God. Instead of arguing with everybody over what they should think about your problem and how they should treat your problem and how you should have special considerations because of what you're going through, instead of acting that way and trying to fix everybody around you, why don't you just have a little talk with Jesus? Why don't you take it to the courtroom of God? Instead of, <laughs> instead of venting your problems and getting angry at everybody around you for not solving it, why don't you realize your real anger is toward the divine? They didn't break it. They're not withholding it. He is. You want to have a relationship with God, you better take it to Jesus and stop trying to argue with everybody around you. And I really like the fact that Eli thought she was drunk. Let's me know she was Pentecostal. Because we know what many churches don't know. If somebody's not making fun of it, you're not praying right. Because we believe in praying through. We believe that when you pray just right, you can't give a happy, holy rip what anybody else says about it. You've got to make up your mind. You're not ashamed of the gospel. And you're not worried about what people think because in this church, we try and congregate the desperate, not the dignified. I want to fill this church up with people. Had it not been for the Lord who was on their side, they wouldn't even be alive today. I want to fill this church up with people that if God doesn't bring them through, there is no answer unless the Lord brings them out of it. I want God to be the central focus of this church because he's the only one that can answer the needs of our lives. The Pentecostal church was not founded on dignity. It was not founded on programs. It was not founded on education. It was founded on desperation of people who needed to hear from God, people who had to have a word from God. Can I get a witness? Because when you're desperate, you don't care what people think about it. I've told you this story in the past, but it's a good story, and I'll tell it again. When my son was born, he was very sick. He breathed in before he came out, and he had poison in his lungs. They could not get him to breathe. He couldn't cry. We couldn't touch him. And the last thing they said to us when they whisked him out the door in this little glass case was he might die. And so when they went out the door with my son, I chased him down the halls. They were running as 
fast as they could with that little case and they were wheeling him down through there and doctors and nurses all around him and we got right in front of the waiting room and my father and mother were there and several of our family members and my dad stood up and I walked I said hold on doc and I grabbed dad's hand and I put it on top of that box and I called up that hallway at University Hospital in Augusta and I said in the name of Jesus breathe son heal his lungs oh God let your glory be revealed in him let your power be revealed in him come down oh God and heal my baby right now in the name of Jesus when I stopped praying doctors and nurses were wiping their eyes and I'm a witness by nightfall my son was breathing on his own God's glory intervened on our behalf let me tell you something when you're desperate you don't care if people make fun of it when you're desperate it doesn't matter if they call you a drunk or a holy roller or a Pentecostal or a fanatic or somebody holier than thou or somebody losing it because of their religion because if you've got to get a word from God you don't need them to care about it anyways you they they didn't die for you. It's not their stripes that heal you. It's not their blood that saves you. I'm talking to my Father in heaven, and I'm not worried about what you think about it. I don't care if you're worried about me waving my hands or dancing before the Lord or shouting with the voice of triumph because I'm not talking to you. I'm not singing to you. I'm not preaching for you. I'm not praying to you. I've got to get a word from God, and I'm going to enter his gates today with power and thunder in my hope and heart. Desperate for a word. Hallelujah. Now, when she came, she made a statement. I've been reading in Mark Rutland's book, this book on kings and prophets. It's an incredible reading. And he was talking specifically about this prayer. Made an observation that I'd never made before. Hannah used a new name for God. Called him something new. No one had ever called God this name before. She called him Lord of hosts. I think that's a wonderful title. The God of an army. Multitudes upon multitudes. But Mark Rutland made this observation that was not simply an act of worship. It was an argument. For the prayer should read like this. Oh God of heaven. Who has many children. I'm coming to you today as a mama who has none. You filled up a nation with families with babies. Is there not enough grace for me? The difficulty with a lot of you is you get to God and you do something that causes your prayers to be ineffective. You lie. Oh God, I know that everything's going to be all right. No, you don't. Lord, I know you're going to heal them. No, you don't. Lord, I have confidence that everything's going to be all right. No, you've been up all night long stressing out, driving everybody crazy. What you need to do is get into the throne room of God and tell the truth. God don't want to talk to your testimony. He wants to talk to your testimony. He wants to hear what you've got to say. Now, if it needs to be cleaned up, I have good news for you. He will clean you up. If you start a conversation with God, just realize he will talk back. 
when you get into the presence of the Lord, you have to make up your mind, I'm going to tell the truth. I'm going to say to you, God, I don't necessarily appreciate the way this looks right now. I don't understand what it is that's going on in my life. But God, right now, I'm bringing to you a need that I'm not sure I should have. I'm too young to be going through this. They're too old to to have to deal with this kind of stress. Heavenly Father, has the burden not been carried too long? Can you not relieve me of this pressure in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus? So when you come before God... I want to paint a picture for you. I want to give you a metaphor. There are many metaphors for prayer. There are many observations in the Bible of us beseeching God. One of those is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So many times we talk to God as a friend. He's riding with us in the car. We're going somewhere with God. The Lord has a plan for our lives. And so we enjoy and appreciate this conversation. We also have a father in heaven so we can talk to him as a father. But I want to show you an image in the Bible that's unusual and often ignored. In the book of Luke, Jesus describes a woman who was a widow who asked for justice from an unrighteous judge. And that judge dismissed her case. Didn't want to hear from that widow. But that widow woman went to his house. I want justice. This isn't right. You know it's not right. I'm going to stand right here in the road. You're going to give me justice. Hello. Lights going out. I don't care. Turn your lights off. That's all right. I'll be up all night. I had a nap. Brought my own snacks, got oil in the lamp. We can go all night long. I'm going to get justice out of you. It ain't right they can steal my property just because my husband's dead. It ain't right y'all going to take my babies and sell them into slavery. This ain't right I get nothing because I don't have any husband anymore. This country's not built on that. You're going to give me better law than that. You might as well wake up, judge. And the Bible says that because she kept going that the judge grew weary of her and said, go give this woman whatever she wants. She's driving me crazy. And Jesus said, you go pray like that woman, for you don't have an unrighteous judge. You have a righteous judge, and you don't need to let go until God answers your prayer. Job made this observation in in Job chapter 9. He actually uses a phraseology that's legal in its context. He actually says, I want to sue God. I want to have a lawsuit. I wish I could go before God and argue my case. But I have a problem. I'm not God. I'm a man. And he can't even commune with me on that level. I don't even understand him. I'll fall silent. I won't know what to say. I'll look at him and I won't have anything to say. If I had a mediator, if I had an attorney who was part God, part man, or all God, all man, something that could go between me and him, if I had an advocate, I could go before God and make my petitions known. But I have no one, so I remain silent. But the Bible says in the New Testament that if you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. We have a lawyer 
who stands at the right hand of God, according to Romans chapter 8, forever making intercession for us. That doesn't mean he's always talking. That means his body and his blood preach a sermon louder than his words. Like Abel's blood cried out to God, and God said, Does his blood not cry out from the ground? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the blood of Jesus gives us a better testimony than the testimony of Abel. So the blood of Jesus that was shed was literally taken to the throne room of God, and it was there made as a sacrifice and atonement, and his blood speaks, and his stripes on his back speak of my healing, and the nail prints in his hand talk of my inclusion in the body of Christ I have an advocate with the Father I have a lawyer before the throne room of God and he goes with me and walks in with me and he makes my case known hallelujah not only do I have an advocate with the Father I also have a paraclete a paralegal that lives inside of me so that when I'm called up on the witness stand The Bible says that when I don't know what to say, that the Holy Spirit will actually make intercession through me so that when I run out of words, God fills my mouth with the petition of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, Jesus told his disciples, when you're brought before earthly magistrates, don't worry about what to say because the Holy Ghost will begin to speak through you and will give you the words that you need to petition God. Not only is is, is there a righteous judge on the throne, not only do I have an advocate with the Father who is Jesus Christ himself, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives right here inside of me so that I can come boldly before the throne of grace that I might obtain mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only do I have an advocate, not only do I have an intercessor living in me, I also have the church. For if any two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I'm right there in the middle of them. And if any two of you will agree as touching anything, we can ask what we will and it shall be done. Pastor, why do you need a church when you pray? Because I need a witness. I need a witness that God still healed. I need a witness that he'll save somebody even when everybody else gives up on them. I need a witness because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And when you go to the court of God, you need a witness. You need somebody who can say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was bound, but now I'm free. In the name of Jesus, he brought me out. Your problem is you don't bring the church with you. You've been praying all by yourself because you're a private person. Show me a private person, I'll show you a loser. You lose every spiritual battle you face. Why? God never intended for you to fight without the army of the church with you. One can put a 1,000 to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. We can get our arms together in the body of Christ, and we can have a prayer that's answered with the power and authority of Almighty God. We keep track every Thursday morning. At 10 a.m., tune into your Facebooks. We have a live prayer service. This last week, we read three praise reports of cancers gone in the name of Jesus. That's very encouraging if you need something removed from your life. 
So I have some witnesses right here in the Buford Church of God that the God that we serve can heal you of cancer. The God that we serve can heal you of heart conditions. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. I'm a witness today that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Somebody give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. Have a righteous judge on the throne. Have an advocate with the Father. I have an intercessor living inside my heart. And I have a room full of witnesses that can testify that my prayer could be answered right now today. But when you show up, there's also a prosecuting attorney. There's an accuser of God's people. And as soon as you walk in, he starts on you. You've been divorced. You've been a drug addict. You've broken your promises. You've broken your word. You don't deserve to be here. You have no rights in this courtroom. You have broken the covenant of God. And the law of God stands against you. That's when the Holy Ghost rises up. All of that's true. But you said in your word that if I confess my crime, that you are faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You said in your word that if I would judge myself, you wouldn't judge me. So, Heavenly Father, guilty as charged. But I plead the blood in the name of Jesus. For as far as the east is from the west, my sins have been removed from me. You said there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. My name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. There's no lawyer in hell that can convict me because I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. See, some of you are looking for the devil to give you a plea agreement. I don't want probation. I want not guilty. I want to walk out justified in the name of Jesus. I don't want to be bound anymore. For he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's not going to be on my record. When they pull me over, they can't punch it in the computer and find it anywhere because it's been covered by the blood. There's no record of my wrong. It's just as if I had never committed the crime. Somebody talk to me. Yeah, hallelujah. Some of you that's been through the jail system amen in me a lot more than the rest of these, I can tell you that. And I'll tell you something. Hey, Pete, you're going to like this. You know what else we can tell the judge? When we're standing there, when that devil starts accusing us, we can look over there at that accuser and say, you got a problem accusing me because I'm related 
to the judge. <laughs> uh, no, you're not related. You're just a cousin. No, I'm not a cousin. I'm not an in-law. I'm not a neighbor. I'm a child of God. <laughs> That's my daddy on the throne. <laughs> Somebody talk to me. Can you imagine being the devil when the guy you're trying to prosecute is related to the judge? To as many as would believe, to them gave he power to become the children of God. I'm a child of God. Well, you weren't born in the family. That's true. Children that are born in the family, you're stuck with them. I was adopted. I didn't choose him. He chose me. He came looking for me. He decided heaven wouldn't be complete without me. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I bring my cancer to you today, oh God. I bring my lost children to you today, oh God. I bring my finances to you today, oh God. I don't care what the devil says. I don't rest on what the devil says. I stand on the authority of God's word. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Ne'er will I trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. I plead the blood over my life. I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood over my business, my baby, my bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I want to tell you one more thing before we release the prayer of this church. The mighty authority of this holy house is about to be unleashed on your need in the name of Jesus. I believe with all of my heart that God's going to hear us today when we pray. But I, I want you to know this. You don't have to listen to the devil, and some of you let him talk too long. He doesn't even have a right to present his case. That case has already been tried. The only way he gets an invitation is if you pay attention to him. The Bible doesn't say... To go in there and start an argument with the devil and defending yourself and having to quote all this scripture to try and get him off your back. No, sir. The Bible says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his... All rise. For the honorable king of all kings, Lord of all lords, fairest of 10,000. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright 
and the morning star. He's the one who's called counselor and prince of peace and mighty God and holy one and lamb of God and Lord God almighty. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. He's the root of David and the word of life. He's the author of salvation. He's a way. He's a day spring. He's a Lord of all. He's the I am. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the everlasting father. I don't come today to listen to the devil. I came to magnify my God. Somebody help me glorify his name today. Hallelujah. Come, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. When you come into the courtroom of God, just remain standing with me for a moment. I came today not to listen to the devil, but to quote the word of God. Heavenly Father, I praise you because of who you are. You're high and lifted up, and your train fills the temple. I thank you that you carried my sin up Galgotha's brow. I thank you, God, that you came out of the grave victorious over death, hell, and the grave. That no matter what they say, no matter what laws they pass, no matter what the culture does, they can't put Jesus back in the grave you walked on water you healed the sick somebody give me a witness y'all are here as my witnesses you've touched my body you saved me when I was lost you didn't give up on me when everybody else walked out on me you gave me a second chance and a third chance. Every time I fail, you were there to pick me back up. You've washed me in your blood. Somebody help me talk about it. You put my family together. You kept me sane. I could have lost my mind. But thanks be unto God, he gave me peace that surpasses all understanding and joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm a witness today. Feel this. Heaven is listening to us. If you need healing in your body, throw your hands up right now all over this house. In the name of Jesus, these are the children of God. And I ask you, God, to heal their bodies. I ask you, God, to touch them right now in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, I feel virtue flowing through me right now. I feel a river flowing in this house. I don't know what he's doing in everybody, but there's somebody who's grabbed the hem of his garment, and I sense God healing you right now in the name of Jesus. Let it be, oh God. Let it be, oh God. If you've got a lost son or daughter, I want you to hold your hand up right now. You got a baby that's lost. We're going to pray a dangerous prayer. You better be careful praying what I'm about to pray. Heavenly Father, whatever it takes. Don't let them go to hell. That's not your baby. It's mine. And I love them more than you do. I saw them before they were born. And I fashioned them. And I hear your prayer. And I partner with you. Through the brokenness of your own heart.
to reach to that child one more time. Says the Lord. Get a hold of them, God. Thank you, Jesus. Today I give you a witness. I'm in the witness stand of your life. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. Bathed my heart in love. Wrote my name above. Just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. And let us tell him all about our troubles. He will heat. <laughs> he will hear. Our faintest cry and he'll answer by and by. Now when you feel that little prayer wheel turning, you'll know that the Holy Ghost fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Come to God. Sometimes he has to change your behavior to activate the miracle he's already sent to you. You've got to cooperate with God. Am I right about it? But I bless your life. I pray that you be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when you rise and when you lay down at night. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. I ask God to give you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. To overwhelm you with his love. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoy Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. Our services are live streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.